Welcome to the Whitetail Obsession Podcast with Dave Richman and co-host Chris Worthing, where we talk and teach everything deer and turkey hunting related. Follow along as we help teach you tips and techniques about hunting, food plots, and habitat management strategies that everyone can use. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is number seven. Chris, what's up? Not a lot. I am just waiting for spring. How about Me you? Me too. Well, it's 68 degrees here today, so it actually did feel like spring. Wow. And also, I want to mention this. I didn't tell you that we we're going to talk about this, but um, after work, I went to Dick's Sporting Goods. Oh, what'd right? you get? I was looking for boots. Okay. Right? Because I, I didn't find any at the Great American Outdoor Show. So I decided I'm going to go to Dick's Sporting Goods, two minutes from my house. I go in there, and I just said, hey, I want to walk over to the hunting section, right? You, have you, you have, you've been in the Dick's Sporting Goods, right? Yeah. You've seen the hunting section? Yep. They have a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. I go over there. I hear all this banging, right? All this banging. And I walk over. The entire hunting lodge area is empty. They removed all their hunting stuff, the guns, canoes, fishing. I asked the kid. He was uh, was over there sweating, you know, taking all the shelves down. I said, what's going on? Just remodeling, I hope. He's like, oh, these freaking people, a bunch of liberals. He's like, they're taking all the guns out. And they're out of all the dick sporting goods and he said he was fed up with it and he put his two weeks in he's leaving oh wow he said they're they they're gutting all the entire canoes they're canoes, the fish, even. canoes fishing lures the rods the guns ammo um all the hunting stuff they used to sell gone cloth, clothing gone 100 percent gone oh my can you believe that no i can't i mean i've heard like I've heard at the the one dicks I know at down the Mills Mall in Pittsburgh, they were talking about removing guns out of there. Yeah, but I don't think they've done that yet. I saw it on Facebook maybe a year or two ago. They were talking about removing guns, but then yeah. I they like all the Dick's Sporting Goods I've been to still had them, hmm. you know. And yeah. now all of a sudden I go in there today and it's one hundred percent gone. And the guys in there wow. they were. You could tell they were just like aggravated. And the one kid I talked to, he like you said, he's like, I put my two weeks in. He's like, I can't take his place. Well, anymore. there you go, folks. Go, go, uh, go buy your stuff at the tractor supply or a rural king or Dunham's mm-hmm. or something like that. Don't yeah. support, don't support people like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, weird, whatever. So Crazy. what do you, uh, what are you getting me fired up about today? What are we talking oh, about? Man. What can we what can we provide to the okay. audience today? Well, someone I just watched a video someone put up. Okay. And and this guy was fired up. You mm-hmm. want to know what it is? Wait, what do you got? About people making food plotting way too much much harder than it needs to be and too scientific. You know anything about this? What what guy are you referring to? I'm this very dude named, this dude named Dave Richmond. This this dude's a nut. I watched him. Yeah. He just he just blah 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 for ten minutes. I couldn't I couldn't handle it. Yeah. At least I got to trip you at the Great American Outdoor Show. <laughs> so the <laughs> so the video so the video the video. What, what was you trying to say? So look, I it's getting that time of year where everybody's starting to sorry starting to think about food plots. Yes. And. Around this same time every year, I start getting questions on Instagram. Like for some reason, 
people don't want to comment on YouTube. They just they'll send me a, a private message on Instagram, which is fine. But they'll say, hey, we're going into spring. I want to frost seed. I want to plant this. I want to plant that. What do you think about this domain product? What do you think about this? How do you think about this person's method? Right. I'm like, OK, well, I can give you some advice on what to plant, when to plant and the general idea of how to plant it. But as far as what this person is talking about, I can't help you. Ask them. Right. And a lot of times when you get into the, the summer, I get more questions. Hey, Dave, I I followed this person's advice on plant on their planting method it failed what do i do and they're talking to me as if it's the normal way of planting right and i'm like dude i'm i'm very sorry that your food plot failed okay i'm very sorry it failed you waste you you lost money but as far as why it failed i can't help you ask that person and they say oh well i did ask them but they didn't get back to me. They won't answer my question. I said, I, I, I'm sorry. I can't help you because I don't do it that way. See, here's my opinion. You've got some of these big name brand YouTubers or celebrities, whatever you want to call them. And they they do something in a certain method. And they show some plot that looks decent, you know. And so someone says, hey, I want to do that. But yes. The, the methods that they're using, people got to realize out there, they're being paid to say and do this stuff. They're, yeah. they, they have sponsors, okay? And they have to fulfill their sponsorships. Mm -hmm. And they're going to use this piece of machinery or this method to justify what some company gave them to use, mm -hmm. okay? So that's the part that fires me up because you're not getting the full story. Well, most of this stuff, these new planning methods, I'm, I'm old school when it comes. I, I follow what a farmer does, what my grandparents used to do when they used to plant garden. You know, you dig a freaking hole or, you know, expose the soil. You put a seed in it. You get a watering can. You water it. As food plots go, we would have, you know, Mother Nature rainfall. But it just grows. I, I can't yeah. explain it. You just throw the seed out and it just grows. So... When you get these new methods, you know, that people are, are talking about, such as like the rolling and then the, the actual crimping, right. it just throws a wrench in, into the mix and it confuses people. Well, there there's there is a way and a method to doing that stuff and you have to hit it right. It's called the dough stage. With the you crimping, yeah. Yeah, you can't terminate something if it's not in that dough stage. Yeah. And what I mean by that is you can take the kernels off the top of something, you can squeeze it between your fingers and if like a milky residue comes out of it, or if it's real soft and mushy, that's mm. the milk stage. If you're not in that stage, if it's already hard, you're too late. It's already well, gone to seed and it's going to re-germinate. Well, the whole idea with the crimping is to eliminate the use of chemicals because yes. you're, you're killing it by, by rolling and, cr and bending and Yes, and the idea is to terminate it, but yes. people don't do it at the right point in time. How can you do it when you're four hours away or you're supposed to magically uh, yeah. figure out when the plant's in a dose well, stage? That's why it's a bad method to use. You know, you don't, you shouldn't get into something that's over your head. Well, you know? we don't want to say it's a bad <laughs> method because it does work. Oh, it, you it, can make it work. You yeah. can make it work, but 
it, as a deer hunter, as a food plotter, we don't have a t- we don't have time to worry about what's going on four hours away just to drive there to crimp something. And right. who, what farmer has has time to do that? Because Correct. a farmer has hundreds, if not thousands, of acres to plant. Do you think he's going to, a farmer's busy, dude. Like he wakes up and it's dark. He's on the tractor working. He's doing something around the house. He don't have time to worry about when some, a cover crop such as wheat and rye is in the dough stage to go around and crimp it. Right. Let alone a food plotter or a typical deer hunter that works 40, 50, 60 hours a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you're, but if you're going to plant that type of crop and you plan on, crimping or rolling and spraying or terminating with a crimper mm-hmm. you had better keep an eye on it yeah because if you do it too early it's just gonna pop up and grow again yeah if you do it too late now you've got hundreds and hundreds of seeds falling on this little every little area mm-hmm. you've got millions and millions and millions of seeds trying to fall and it's just going to smother itself out you know yeah and it's going to be just like having weeds you know you just right. it's just going to come up way too thick and and it's not it's not what you want i mean well, it's got to hit it just right yeah with the crimping yes um two things one is obviously the rolling and the crimping is kind of like a new trend the reason it's a trend and people are doing it is because whatever reason it is, but companies are jumping on that bandwagon because now you're starting to see smaller ATV equipment being turned into a crimper because they know it's, it's a money-making thing because it's a trend right now. Mm -hmm. It's a trend. The other thing is this rolling of the buckwheat. It's a method doesn't require tilling or anything but you have to roll it you have to spray it with chemical to kill it but this is one of the biggest fails from people that i that are i'm getting questions about is most likely what what's happening is they're putting too much too much seed per acre and when when they broadcast into that and then roll it it's it's too thick and it can't germinate because they send me photos of what they're doing and it's just weak tonnage. There's no there's no growth coming up through. Everything's stunted. Heavy matting. Heavy matting, exactly. Yeah, gotcha. It's just, it, it's making people fail. And yeah. like I said in the video that I posted today, um, I, I feel bad for like new food plotters coming into this time of, of food plotting and deer hunting because they are just lost. Well, I've I've tried the buckwheat thing here at the house before, you know that, and uh, I don't I don't uh, do the rolling thing, and I don't do the crimping thing. What I did is a throw and mow. I went in and put my seed bag up as high as I could and got it over top of the buckwheat, and I seeded into the buckwheat, and then I went in with the brush hog and mowed, took mm-hmm. took a couple feet off of it, mm-hmm. and just let it. I don't know what what do you want to say? Throw it all over the place <laughs> like a mulch. Well, you're you know? adding, yeah, that wouldn't be no different than if you're like broadcasting into like standing beans and then the the leaves turn yellow and fall off. And yeah, it's kind of like a mulch, you know. Yeah, did you? But have, it, did it provides it? enough protection that the birds aren't in there picking up all your seed. 
did you have good germination and tonnage and all that? It wasn't bad. Yeah, it yeah. worked. It worked yeah. okay. You know, yep. because because I I only had uh, it was a straight stand of buckwheat, so there was dirt underneath. You mm -hmm. know, so and it, it wasn't too good, thick. Yeah, and it, it got it got good soil to seed contact, and then like I said, that all that residue kind of just fell over top and kind of made a mulch, but like encased it a little bit so like i said so the critters weren't in there picking up all the seeds yeah because the birds will rob you yeah well like you know no-till a no-till drill you know that could be beneficial you know in certain time all this could be beneficial in certain times each right. planting method has a time and place such as say super super rocky areas you know you can't really dish the ground but majority of food plotters aren't planting in that type of condition. So traditionally, I mean, even when you disc, like even myself, I don't go that deep. I only go a couple inches. You yeah. don't have to go very deep at all. Even um, I was talking to a guy today on, on Facebook. You can plant just by taking that chain. Uh, what was that chain we bought or we borrowed from your buddy? Oh, yeah. Uh, the ch uh, chain drag harrow. Yeah, the chain drag arrow from tractor. I ended up buying one. Well, you can plant just by scratching the surface with that thing. Yeah. And just sure. throwing the seed out and letting Mother Nature do what it does. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, I, you know, that's, that's preferred. I mean, I, unless the only way I would disagree with you about that would be is if you knew that you had highly compacted ground. Well, yeah, like I said, then there's you, a common place for everything. To, then you need to bust it up. You, yeah. You know, get the cultivators out and rip mm -hmm. it up a little bit. Yeah. Just get down. You know, yeah, like we had to do at your mother-in-law's. Yeah. That, that ground was very compacted from years Very of, compacted. Years yeah. of uh, tractor 20, use. 20 years of tractor use, cows, and, and Belgium horses. Those mm -hmm. are things that are huge. Yeah. But, yeah, you're talking compaction big time. I just, mm -hmm. I just tore it up with cultivators yep. it's not compacted got, anymore got, got new i got them down there like eight inches you know mm -hmm. and uh and now i just go in and disc lightly and you know it's good to go yeah well i'm i'm seeing a lot of uh like with the no-till stuff the rolling and all this is you get so much layers of on top it kind of like smothers out stuff and you're not getting and also, when you do that, yes, you know, people are talking about all this, like sh the shade barrier, protection from the sun. Yeah. But then it's cooler underneath. Cooler underneath. But when you have that cool, damp environment, it allows a lot of fungus and yeah. stuff to grow. I I'm yeah. seeing, you know, and you get like, um, get a fungus or you get a, uh, you know, moss. algae and yeah, moss. Algae, and, moss. I mean, you yeah. got to have sun hitting that. And it's yeah. just, it's creating other problems. And, didn't me and you watch a video from uh, the YouTube channel? I think it was Ag PhD, where they had the pros and cons of of no-till. I'm pretty it, sure because I, I subscribe to them anyhow, so I yeah. watch all their stuff. And they had a good video on there. If you guys are listening, yep. search Ag PhD on YouTube. Yeah, and Hefty Brothers. Yes, and type in uh, like a no-till Ag PhD or something. It's a very good video. It was a couple years ago, but it's a very good video. And, um, you know, they, those guys produce pretty good right. content, but here, here's another thing. Um, you know, I, I, 
I was thinking about this while I was welding at work. Mm-hmm. The people that are beating us up for tilling the ground and exposing the dirt. Um, think about this. If they are trying to frost seed also, mm-hmm. uh, first of all, they're, they're probably going to have all that thatch, you know, and that mm-hmm. it's going to have limited germination. But mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, if you've got ground that is exposed and you need seeds to germinate around 50 degree soil or so that dirt that is exposed is is getting the rays from the sun and warming up that soil earlier in the spring so you're going to get faster germination after you frost seed Mm -hmm. and you know I, i was just throwing that out there you know yeah yeah they're, they're they're so heavy hot and heavy on this like you were just saying about there's being thatch over it and it keeping the soil cooler and it's not burning up your seed i can see that like if you're in florida or texas or something you you know you could burn up some plots probably but dude i'm telling you up when this food plot world is so mixed up with with people the, all these different types of methods, people are lost, man. I mean, you oh. know, people ask these questions and it's like, yeah. hey, so-and-so said this, so-and-so, so-and-so right. said this. And I'm seeing a rapid amount of people fail at food plots when well, it's so simple. How about this one? How about the people that are attacking you after you disc mm-hmm. and they're saying, oh, you destroyed the biome and all mm-hmm. the – natural you know nutrients and all the 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 uh what's the word i'm looking for all the little critters in the in the dirt <laughs> i can't think of right now worm uh yeah everything it's in the all the living organisms that's the word i want oh you know you killed all of them because you you tilled and you killed it all your dirt's dead now well okay well, okay well what are they doing with all the chemicals they're spraying yeah, I was about to say that. You're okay. spraying all the chemicals. They're killing live microorganisms and all that. Yeah, what's that doing to them? What's you that know? doing to the worms and the insects and all that? Oh, but it, it neutralizes when it hits the dirt. Well, why are you using it then? <laughs> if it's neutralizing as soon as it hits the dirt, why are you using it? Yeah. Yeah, I there's, I don't know. There's, there's so many arguments to go with this, you know. Like I said, hey, the no-till thing works. You know, if I had a no-till drill there may be times where I would use the actual no-till drill, but as far as like the rolling goes and the crimping goes, it's just a trend, man, that, that whatever reason it's a trend that people are jumping on. And I honestly think it will fade out as time goes on. Um, that's just my opinion. Do you think it'll, it'll last forever or or fade Ah, out? I don't, I don't think it'll fade away because there's always someone out there with a different opinion, you know, Mm -hmm. Not only that, but once they invest in the money in one of them suckers, they're going to use it, I bet. Oh, crimper, yeah. You know. I'm just talking about rolling. Well, you were saying about the no-till drill thing. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I I think the rolling crimping thing will probably go by the wayside, but the no-till drill, I think, is here to stay for sure. Yeah. I mean. That's bigger on here. We don't have very much ag left in my area, but what we have left farmer-wise, everything's no-till. They do not mold bar, mold board plow 
they do not disc they do not do any of that anymore they go in like in the spring of the year what he does is as soon as it gets warm enough to spray he sprays and kills and then he comes right back in with a uh with a uh a drill a grain drill and he puts in oats and he lets the oats mature and then the next thing you know he drills whatever his rotation is for that year it's either corn or beans so he has a cover crop on you know almost all year and uh i got a story about that so he, i mean he's smart he keeps his soil he keeps something growing all the time that is smart yes but uh, everything's no-till you may you you reminded me of something okay good last year when i when i got the new farm okay mm-hmm. there's 20 acres of tillable ground i had to meet the farmer that that farmed it because i had to essentially rent or lease a piece of the ground so i could plant my food plots okay i asked him i said how are you how are you planting the beans and corn are you, are you doing uh you know no-till and and all he's like oh yeah 100 percent no-till i said okay I, he's like well what are you going to do i said well i'm gonna diss the ground he's like oh that's terrible you lose all your topsoil and and all this other stuff i said okay i said that's fine that's just that's what i'm going to do he's like okay right so we go back to the farm and i'm looking at the fields i'm looking at his soil that he plants these corn and soybeans in dude it was the worst soil i've ever seen in my life the all the soil right was dry and you ever seen the soil where it gets dry and you get a hard pan on top and the soil like starts to crack right that's what his soil looked right right I go and I'm walking around. It was super windy that day. His fields, okay, all I saw was dirt blowing off the off the top of the soil because he didn't use cover crops. Right. There was zero cover crop holding the soil there. And the whole idea of this no-till stuff is, oh, you're destroying the topsoil. And like you said, you get a windy day and you're blowing all the topsoil. Yeah. Over, well, here it is, a no-till field where they're, all they're doing is no-till for seven years, he said. The soil's blowing everywhere. It's dry, cracked, and just eroded everywhere because he did not use top uh, um, cover crops. Right. Well, I was there a couple weeks ago. There's my food plot. With the brassicas and the clover in it, holding itself together, looks gorgeous, and and it's holding moisture, and his fields are out there dry as a as a bone, cracked and everything. Huh. So explain that. Well, my blood, yeah. my my I mean, face, my face is red. My blood pressure is up. <laughs> He's getting heated. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Yeah, I mean, it's people make it so much harder you know than it needs to be very much so i like i said i the video this podcast is not to it's not to bash anybody it's just throwing out the idea of like i talked about in my video is going back to the basics and realizing that a food plot is not science you you need soil to seed contact however it is of your way of getting that is the way to plant and it's so easy to like you you get bare soil you get a seed on it it rains it grows like i can't explain it any other any other way 
you know, this goes back to biblical times. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they plowed and planted and prayed for rain. Mm-hmm. I'm the same. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched the, I just watched the weather forecast. You right. Know? Yeah. I and mean, make, make sure I got some moisture in, in the forecast. And right. Well, we're all, it. we're all about the, you know, the green manure turning that back into the soil sure. because that green manure, green manure decomposes, turns back into soil and everything eventually. And those decaying material also, you know, dries and rots in the soil and you're leaving microorganisms behind that. And, you know, you're, and as you plant into that, you know, kind of thatch that you have turned into the soil, it's also holding that soil together. It's holding moisture. It's, you know, covering the seeds up a little bit and it just grows like right. that. That's it guys. Like if you want to have a good food plot, I'm not telling you to do it any specific way, do whatever way you think is best. Learn as you go, learn from your mistakes, I guess. And, um, eventually I guess you'll figure out your own method of doing it. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, like I said, I just, I keep it simple. Yeah. When you when you start to complicate it, it gets weird. It does. And then, like it gets I said, <laughs> well, and then uh, like I said, watching the 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 forecast, trying to get rain in there. Uh, some of my videos when I'm planning, <laughs> you I get caught in the rain all the time. I know. I, every one you get caught in the rain. Yeah, I get caught in a rainstorm, but I'm I'm timing it just right. I gotta have you. Yeah. Well, you gotta have some soil moisture in the right. soil. Mm-hmm. And then you need the rain on top. So I, yeah. I get caught all the time, but I'm just as happy doing it. Well, you also know? have that ability too, because you live. You yeah, live right I live there. right here and yeah. I, I plant right here. Yeah. So I, I try to do that as well. And I've been caught at the farm a couple of times in the rain. But um, what's that stuff you put on yours? You said it's called water. Water. Yeah. Oh, water. W. W O O T E R. Oh, that special stuff. That's what I use. Oh, that's why your plots grow so green. You use yes, that water. It's, it's a special type of water. Yeah, it's Maryland water. Yes, it's not water. It's water. <laughs> hunt your own state. Yeah, hunt your own state. Oh my. So let's shift gears, man. I think we beat that horse dead. What all right, when you want to shift, we're in first. You want to go to second or third? Well, let's let's go in fifth in this cruise here. Second, for, third, for the last couple fourth, minutes. Fifth. All right, we're for, in fifth. For the last couple minutes. So. Fifth gear. So we. High speed. We was at the Sh- Great American Outdoor Show, right? And you look at me and say, guess what? And I'm like, what now? Because we were kidding around all day long. And I don't remember said, this. Yeah, you will. You said, I just got a text from somebody. And guess what it was about? And I'm like, I don't know. What's it about? And you said. This is another guy asking about the stolen buck when he was 14 years old. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. So tell us. Well, he had a podcast and we haven't done it yet. We're going to, I think he wants to bring it on next week or something. But um, to sum this up is I was 14 years old. I just got into deer hunting and behind my parents' house, my parents owned two acres of land. And I, there was a lot of deer in that area. Nobody hunted it. It backed up to hundreds of acres of woods. Nobody hunted it. And I had 
saw this monster buck. It's actually, it's right here. Um, um, but it's, it's monster buck. And I told my dad, I said, dad, I want to hunt. I was just getting into it. He said, okay. So we set up a ladder stand and the neighbor, which I had permission to hunt on Mr. Bickle, he's not around anymore, but, um, he had a couple apple trees and persimmons. Okay. These deer used to pass the apple trees just to come to this persimmon tree. And I set up and I shot this buck with a junior pump action, 20 gauge Remington. It ran off, got it, came back. And it was just this giant buck. So we ended up taking it to the taxidermist and the taxidermist called about two weeks before Christmas and talked to my dad. And he explained the story of how somebody broke into his taxidermy shop and stole it, stole the antlers. Mm-hmm. My dad's like, what do you, like, how does that happen? You know, the guy's like, oh, well, you know, I, I usually lock all the antlers up at night, but this specific night I didn't lock them up and um, it got stolen. So my parents filed a police report. We went on the outdoor sh- outdoor sportsman show, which was a uh, AM radio hunting show from Alan Ellis. He's actually still around. Um, he comes on Saturday mornings. We went on there, explained the story. Nobody could help us. Like huh. nothing. Nobody could no, help us. No one knew nothing. Nobody knew nothing. So 14 years go by. Okay, I'm 38 now. I shot it when I was 14. 14 years go by. And my new tax service was like, dude, you got to get on this website post a story on this uh, website um, about lost and found deer taxidermy. I said, okay. Never heard of it. Yeah. No, never heard of it. It's crazy. The website's gone now. It was taxidermy. Found taxidermy. (laughs) It was uh, taxidermy. It was taxidermynet.com. Oh, wow. Um, It's gone. I I checked. It's gone. So I went on there, posted this little brief story. I had a picture over there when I was 14 years old. And two days later, I get this message from this kid. He was 14 years old. Funny, I, I was 14 years old, 14 years go by, and this kid's 14 years old. Huh. That messaged me. And it was a 14-point buck. Um, <laughs> so he's like, he's like, hey, man, I, I saw this deer inside of my gun shop, local, right? I was like, whatever. Like, next time you're there, take a picture of it, send it to me. Sure as heck, man. The next day, he snaps a picture, sends it to me. It's my deer hanging on the wall, mm. right? Call the police. I drive. He tells me where it's at. I'm on my way driving there. I called the police. Finally, get a hold of an officer that was a deer hunter. He met me there. We go inside, and he, uh, he or he said, "Let me go in first and and scope this out." He comes back out. and said, "Your deer's in there. Let's go get it." So I went inside. My deer's right there on the wall and in, inside this gun shop. The officer talked to the owner. And the owner came up with some bogus story saying he has tenants of his. And when one of his tenants moved out, they left this deer behind. Hmm. I'm thinking, who's going to leave this deer behind? So the officer was like, okay, well, this is obviously this, this guy's deer. We can do this easy, easy way or the hard way. Guy said, here you go. So after 14 years, I got my deer back and the Hmm. hide was screwed up i mean i was gonna ask you that yeah did you get you you got another cape for it it was disgusting yeah so i I took it took it to my new taxidermist and i had the measurements of everything or he had the measurements of it so i ended up buying a hide he remounted it and put it in uh remounted it got it back i entered it into the maryland trophy deer contest this was back in uh i guess it would be 2000 and uh 12 
I entered it, came in first place. Now, after that, I let it rest. I didn't talk about it. It was, I got it back. No big deal. About three months ago, I started a stupid TikTok account and I said, you know what? I'm going to post a video about this situation and see what happens. It was like one of the first videos I put on there. It went almost viral. I mean, it got hundreds of thousands of views. People were talking about it everywhere. Hmm. And I got this message on Facebook um, about like a couple weeks later. This guy was like, hey, man, my son saw this video on TikTok. My name's so-and-so. I can't remember his name. My name's so-and-so. Um, I'm the official. He was the official owner of the Maryland State Record Book. And back then when I originally shot it, there was no book. There was no like record. Um, now there's official book in Maryland. And he's like, this deer is huge. I think it could be in the top five in Maryland. Um, do you still have the original score sheet? I said, yes, I do. So I found the original score sheet and it was scored back in 2012 by a guy named Fred Horn, which is now retired from the Maryland uh, scoring system. So I sent him all the paperwork. He looked into it and it's actually now officially number four in the state of Maryland. <laughs> nice. Um, You're so famous. I'm famous. Uh, so <laughs> after that, um, <laughs> this has continued, dude, for like three months, two months now. I had, um, I think it was Michigan Farm Journal or something, contacted me. I did an interview with them over the phone. They wrote this huge article about it. Hmm. Ever since they did that, Outdoor Life magazine reached hmm. out to me. They did an article on it. Field and Stream. They posted all this on social. It's all on Facebook. Wow. Um, you can read the whole article. Field and Stream reached out to me and did an article on it. Now, this guy at the show, like I showed you, he um, he used to be a, uh, he used to work for the QDMA in Pennsylvania. I think he's a wildlife biologist. He heard about it. Now he wants me to go on his podcast hmm. um, uh, and talk about this, which I think we're going to do this week or next week. But um, you're famous. No, I'm not famous, but it's just a crazy. I mean, people people are into it, like these journals and these these. It's magazines. kind of a neat story though, because I mean, it got stolen and you got it back. That's I cool. know, and it was thirty minutes from my house. You know, who, what's the so real stayed story? in the area? Well, that's where it was. Who knows yeah. where else it's been? Wow. Who who knows the real story? Uh, who, who took it? Did the tax? Did the original tax army sell it? Because back then there was a big market for that. You know, people were paying thousands of dollars for these antlers. You got you got to sell your story. Tell these people you want money. I know my <laughs> my theory is the original taxidermist is just a a clown, and he ended up selling it. Ooh. Um. I I just don't know. I mean, I don't know. But the buck scored 185 inches. My biggest buck to date. The next one down would be this one here, which scored 167. So everything has been downhill since shooting that. Um, I'll probably never top it, which I don't really care, but, um, yeah. it's a cool story that, that'll yeah. never, that doesn't seem like it'll ever end. Well, speaking of ending, it's time to wrap her up. All right. So you're in fifth gear and we're in reverse now. Yep. We're ending. Let's, let's get out of here. All right, guys. Thank Take you so much away. for watching, um, or listening, watching again on Chris's channel. Uh, this is podcast seven. 
Yes. And we're producing these every week, every single Sunday at 5 p.m. Be sure to listen on YouTube, Spotify, um, Apple, Google Podcast. Leave comments, leave a review, support the podcast if you enjoy it. And we'll see you on number eight. Yeah. Watch me.